0: 1941, Pendleton, Oregon, New Year's Eve Feigned gaiety chimed in a cacophonous buzz around Staff Sergeant Clayne Campbell as he propped one lean, corded forearm against the fireplace mantel and surveyed the room with an expressionless gaze. He raised a hobnail crystal cup of punch to his full lips and took a drink. The urge to spit out the syrupy concoction as it assaulted his taste buds nearly overtook him. He forced a swallow and stared into the cup. Overly sweet, yet lacking any real flavor, at least plenty of ice floated in the crimson liquid. Bodies crammed into the room for a New Year's Eve celebration left the space stuffy and uncomfortable. The hot chocolate or steaming cups of coffee the harried hostess offered guests, failed to entice him. He had even less interest in the freely poured booze flowing in the room across the hall from the host. The idea of picking up one of the colorful Christmas themed magazines on a nearby table and waving it around to stir the air entered his mind. But he ignored it. He'd look ridiculous flapping a copy of good housekeeping in front of his face. Especially with a little golden haired girl decorating a Christmas tree on the cover it would have been a simple thing to move away from the cheerful, crackling fire and find a cooler place to endure the party until he could escape. However, the corner where he stood gave him a vantage point from behind the drying branches of a Christmas tree to scrutinize everyone who entered the room. Klain wasn't sure how he'd allowed a group of his comrades to talk him into coming. He much preferred spending time alone. Tonight, though, he hadn't wanted to be stuck with only his dark thoughts for company. When a handful of fellow members of the 17th Bombardment Group invited him to join them, he grabbed his cap and went along. Now, he wondered if he'd be better off back at their barracks where he could lose himself in a book. The novel he'd been reading, The Keys of the Kingdom by A.J. Cronin, about an unconventional Scottish Catholic priest struggling to establish a mission in China had been quite engrossing. His mind played over the plot as his piercing blue eyes flickered across the guests. Perhaps his maudlin musings were preferable to this crowd. It wasn't hard to see the majority of those in attendance were pretending to be happy and in a celebratory mood. In truth, the majority of the country floundered in a sea of grief and devastation. Three weeks earlier, Japan had bombed Pearl Harbor, wreaking destruction and shocking a nation that had clung to peace instead of chasing war. Upon America's official entry into war with Japan and Germany, Klain and his fellow U.S. Army Air Corps members knew it was only a matter of time before they were sent on a mission from their current base at Pendleton Field. He'd never heard of the wild west town in northeastern Oregon before arriving in Pendleton back in the summer, after the army airfield opened. The too bright smiles and strained laughter of those attending this evening's gathering grated on Clane's taut nerves. Rather than a festive, jubilant mood, he sensed an undercurrent of apprehension and despair among the partygoers. Life had rapidly changed from a struggle to overcome the challenges of moving beyond the depression to grasping at every bit of hope and joy available, because tomorrow had become such an uncertainty. Notes tinkled from the piano in the opposite corner of the room, and a dozen people belted out popular tunes mixed with Christmas carols. Klain had spent Christmas Day flying with a patrol along the West Coast, watching for signs of a Japanese attack. He'd only returned to Pendleton that afternoon. Instead of convincing himself he might enjoy a party, he should have known better and stayed at the base. A barely restrained cringe accompanied his next sip of punch. He held a bit of ice against the roof of his mouth and listened as the singers did a fair job of harmonizing on O Come All Ye Faithful. The scent of bayberry from the candles burning on the mantel beside him might have made him nostalgic if he owned any pleasant holiday memories. He inhaled a bouquet of perfume from the women in the room, tainted by the underlying odor of alcohol. The aroma of food wafted to him as the hostess maneuvered through the room, with a tray of meat-filled hand pies still steaming from the oven. Klain was starving, but he didn't move from his hiding spot by the Christmas tree. He didn't belong at this party. He didn't belong anywhere.